So my next guest, James Tracy, absolutely love this guy. He's a personal friend of mine. And when I was having a look through my little black book of senior production members of who I could have a conversation with, there's not many people better suited than James Tracy. So he's going to take you through uh, why he got into the world production, what he's doing at the moment with Netflix. So enjoy the episode. How you been? Yeah, not bad. I mean, it's been a it's been a really busy busy few weeks. Um, there's just, I mean, Netflix as a as an organization is just it's a it's continually continually challenging, right? Um, in a, in a good way. Um, um, we brought the the team together this week for a four day offsite, and so the prep, the lead up for that, the prep was pretty intense. We flew some people in from the states um, to kind of like be guest speakers, and then we had hackathons. Um, ended with like a, a guest speaker. We always have a little bit of a wild card. So we had a um, an ex Olympic skateboarder uh, who's pivoted into you know, um, architecture, um, and just having him talk through his journey and all that sort of stuff, but the organization component. And then when you've got everyone together, it's always, it's, you know, you're starting at sort of like a every, dinner every night, you know, that kind of thing. And then it's just, it just leaves you Friday just going like, oh, I just got to do this fucking thing with James Martin. And then I can... <laughs> that's the whole thing man but is that what you're actually doing in netflix because that's that's a bit different isn't it um content building yeah i mean it's it's a different i guess when you when you look at it so the i think the main change is that i i pivoted from sort of like the marketing and advertising side of things into product and that's been that's been the biggest the biggest shift is um so it's it's not it's not so much about advertising anymore it's not so much about sort of going out and shooting stuff and things like that it's uh it is about the member experience it's about working with the algos teams um it's about the redefinition of um the continual redefinition of innovation like within within the product space um so yeah i mean it's it's a huge it's a huge learning curve which i which i absolutely love um but it does it does mean that i'm i'm out of my comfort zone every 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 day that's a uh, good that's a good thing though like you should always be pushing yourself like as you speak to anyone or read anything that's worthwhile reading you should yeah. always edge on not side of caution but you should always push yourself outside your comfort zone jesus <clears throat> i'm doing something completely new yeah. here and even i went kind of full step i didn't even go into uh, working recruitment i went into my own business yeah. so completely Zone, you get more more reward more joy and i think you learn a lot more as well because you are like jesus christ what the hell do i do here and what was that there was a point in we work and it was kind of like um what was it like a fortune rewards the brave yeah like, I, I feel brave but i don't know where that fortune is so keep focusing on the bravery mate. keep focus on the bravery i mean it, it it all it all gets there right i mean one of the things that we were talking about was over over the week was that in i guess everyone that's sort of like within our sphere like i, I include you in that as well everyone has, has pretty much already succeeded right it's just it's actually just the the success itself is actually just the journey and just understanding that that journey is continually evolving it's continually going to be changing and challenging you there will be ups and downs but there was some comfort in just going I don't need to obsess so much about success, quote unquote. It's just, you know, 
um the journey itself was was success enough to be on right so and i think you're in the same boat i mean you look at what you've done in in such a short space of time how you pivoted your career you know where your focus is now and what you're doing i mean it's you're, you're the epitome of that you know it's it's just that continual evolution right do you always want to work up at netflix though is that was your ambition obviously when we worked together which i look back six years to the day i actually uh oh, six years to the day six years to the day you know, happy anniversary <laughs> yeah so was it always your ambition because my my one was never to work in recruitment and it kind of it kind of just became a, a logical step for me and it mm. was i didn't want to work in project management anymore but i didn't want to leave advertising and my only next step up was into that head of project management or operations director and i didn't really want to go on that avenue so i started to look around and i was like what do i enjoy doing i like building out teams and making projects run maybe this uh, recruitment business could be one and it's not just doing that one-off quick trans transaction it's about building a team and making long-term relationships so it's kind of it was never my end goal it's still not my end goal i don't know what the next next goal will be and after that and keep striving for that success but was mm. it always your kind of goal to work at an organization such as netflix i think uh i, I it was had, had never been the intention to work at netflix and i think that there was a there was a time in my life where you know, if I was ever going to be working with Netflix, it would have been in the sort of like the content side, actually, you know, creating content. Um, but I, I think I'm, I ended up being really attracted to the idea of joining Netflix just because of the journey that I've been on. So, you know, we we worked production, I'd worked production company side, then gone agency side. And increasingly where I found myself was actually working with like really large global corporations that were all trying to kind of solve similar things which is like how are we actually continually evolving our internal production processes how are we continually uh ensuring that we've got the right adoption of new technology of innovation that's coming in um how are we continually challenging you know how well we're making things and i think that regardless of what the sector was I just found myself increasingly working with clients that were wanting to answer those questions. So I kind of just kind of, I kind of fell into it just through the agency world. Um, and then, and then when, when, you know, I was lucky enough to get a, um, get a call from Netflix, it was, it was very much, it just felt very much like they were trying to take a similar approach internally with regards to how they were looking at how, the, you know, how things were being done, how they were organizing um within the context of of um you know my world product creative studio um and then so I, I just thought let's just carry on the conversation see where it goes and i actually fell in love with the idea of working for netflix through the interview process bizarrely um through the people that i through the people that i met um i'm not sure whether you know but the interview process of netflix is is pretty it's pretty full-on <laughs> I've heard a lot of them, but I don't know about how full on it is at Netflix. I can compare. I've heard of Facebook. I think it was like eight rounds, and yeah. eight rounds they're intense. So I don't know how yeah. many was at Netflix. Similar. I, I, I hit nine rounds, nine <laughs> rounds at Netflix. But um, what what I what that gave me was an opportunity to meet, you know, a, an amazing group of people, and for me to really explore more about sort of you know how they were approaching it, what their journeys were. Um, uh, and I started to get a sense of just how, you know, how I would fit in. I, you know, it, it actually clicked. I think up until then, the role was in in sort of, you know, 
classic sort of Netflix fashion. It was there was nothing too fixed. There's nothing too kind of um, set in stone because they want to allow that flex um, to actually allow you to pivot, you know, with regards to where the business is going. Um, but I got a real sense that my personality would fit, that my skill set would fit, that my experience was valid um and would and would yield some you know good benefits through the, for the rest of the team um so it was actually through the interview process that i it was through then that i that i knew that netflix was was you know where i wanted to be um but yeah it's, it's not as if it was set in stone though was that just because of your level it was nine rounds like i'm guessing it's not nine rounds at the more junior entry levels um uh i i think that I think that at sort of IC, so um, individual contributor level, um, you're still looking at sort of like four or five rounds minimum, um, and then my my yeah, and then I was I was nine rounds. Maybe they just like talking to me. I don't know. Hey, you're a chatty guy, and that's probably what it was. All they didn't trust you, so they just wanted to make sure they made a fine decision. It's just like I don't think we need to definitely check in from another angle. So maybe that was the thing. It's all the dodgy side. But, um, no, I think it's it's interesting, isn't it? It's kind of like stuff we write about um, on my page about in the interview process, and people are asking like how many how many is right. I don't think it's too much of a conversation to go down. I think it's quite interesting for people to understand, like. I'm chatting to so many people at the moment and a lot of them, a lot of them are saying, I'm done with agency. Agency life's done. I don't want to work here anymore. And when I'm actually finding out the point, it's not the done with agency, they're done with the agency they're with. And it's kind of that point of like a broader understanding of there's so many different verticals, so many different opportunities. And some of them say, I want to go client side or it's too, too hard to go and do this. I think it's just kind of having a bit more of a, uh, a bird's eye view of what the opportunities are out there. Because you could have carried on down the route with Oliver and stayed in production and worked for more and more agencies in London. You obviously made a huge step of moving your family, which we haven't talked about just yet, moving your family over to Amsterdam to get an opportunity with Media Monks, massive organisation, huge opportunity that uh, the old Sorrels building to then take a step into Netflix as well. So you, you clearly you find that there's knowing opportunities are out there. But is that you just knowing that or having a, a bird's eye view that there's more opportunity out there rather than kind of sticking your lane and staying where you're comfortable? I think it's, um, there's, well, there's a couple of considerations. I mean, the first one really is um, I could see that there was good, there was going to be sort of like a cap in terms of just how interested I was. Um, I think that, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people that I've met that, that show an interest in 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 going client side, um, it can come from a potentially quite negative space uh, in terms of, you know, how their the the company they're working for is structured, their interaction, the the way they they feel on a daily basis with the clients they've got to work with. Um, but I I try to stay as focused as possible on just what was interesting and what was allowing me to grow, and I could definitely see that whilst I would never, I guess, sort of like stop learning or growing to a certain degree within the agency world. I was given an opportunity, I think, to accelerate um, a lot of that learning. Um, and that certainly, certainly is bearing true uh, on a, on a day-to-day -day basis. So that was kind of the, the, the first thing for the, the, the pivot to, to Netflix when the opportunity came up. Um, but the second one as well, with regards to, to Amsterdam was just family. Like there's, when I was at Oliver, I was a very different person to the one that I am now. I've got I've got three kids. Um, I've got three daughters. 
aged eight, what, eight, five and three. Um, and I think the move to Media Monks was as much to do with with them than it was um, anything else, primarily because I, I I saw that the time was right to kind of get a bit of a move, a bit of a bit of variety in there. Um, and Amsterdam was a place that, you know, I'd always really loved and always seen would be a, you know, a fantastic place to, to raise children. Um, so that's what kind of pushed that one through. But, you know, if that ha what hadn't happened, then I, I certainly wouldn't be at Netflix right now. I'd probably still be doing the rounds of the agencies, I think. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I was on a, another conversation with uh, Rui, who was one of the first podcasts to deal on this. And his thing was that he, he calls it fire, but he was obviously made redundant some three times. And at that moment in time, it was such a kind of uh, point in his life. He's like, oh, the worry. Well, the worry. He was like worried or concerned what was going to be next. He's so thankful of that kind of catalyst that the yeah. journey sent him on. And it's kind of one of those things of, yes, allowing yourself opportunity because you open yourself up to opportunity and opportunity delivers itself to you. But it is also that point of taking tactical moves. You haven't just gone, right, it's not working for me over here in London. I'm going to go move to Amsterdam and give it a go there because you're going to have the same problems there. You've made the move strategically and logically of going, you know what? This is a right move. I like her area. And I'm sure you probably did a lot of due diligence in Amsterdam, probably not stag do's and everything, but you did a lot of due diligence of Amsterdam before making yeah. that huge move. Because how many you, you had one, you had two children then, didn't you? When you were in two, yeah. 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 To make that step in. So that's really interesting. So yeah, and I think the point you meant made there of obviously the question I was asking about candidates wanting to move client side, move for the right. Yeah, yeah. that easier life better pay packet what's the product what's the opportunity is it a brand you're invested in is it something you want to go and work with and there's yeah. those kind of parts so how, how do you feel that you uh allowed netflix to see you were there any kind of things that you feel that you've done or networking events you've been to or the things you've done to make netflix aware of your your kind of uh, career I, th I think it was it was the the exposure with global clients and the and the you know the the challenges that um, that I sort of faced with these clients uh, the learnings the you know immeasurable number of learnings from from working with them um, and also matched with the I guess the ambition um, uh, that the, the each of these clients had each of the agencies had um, I mean Netflix. As a as an organisation, it works with a, a whole host of agencies. It works with you know so many production entities, um, and it has a huge amount of respect for for that uh, ecosystem. I think it sees that there there are opportunities to also take learnings from those and to internalise some of those learnings, um, particularly as it looks to diversify how it's working with agencies um, and the types of agencies that it that it's it's bringing on board. So, I think coming from the world of 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 agency. And also having worked with, you know, global clients that were trying to solve problems that resonated with with, with the journey that Netflix is on um, was certainly something that, that you know, uh, got them to reach out, which which I'm very thankful for. I, mean, I, I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't call it an easier life on client side. Um, it's it can be it can be quite trying psychologically, I think, to continually be outside of your comfort zone. Because I had to accelerate the learning like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I mean, literally went from one vertical of, of marketing and advertising straight into a uh, into a product vertical where you know you're afforded maybe three months to kind of um, onboard and um, try to try to 
get out of crawl mode into walk mode um and so the learning and the reading on a daily basis is 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 just continuous but as long as you remain curious and you you're actually thankful for for what it is that you're you're learning then um then yeah the challenge is for me on a daily basis is seeing all of the dots that need to be joined when really netflix as an organization there's and just the way it's structured as well it, it, it's even it's even tricky for people that are seasoned professionals here that have been here for years and years you know um so for somebody who's been in for you know coming up to nine months it's do you think that gets you there not only the respect internally but it also is leaning on what you've done previously so if we look at netflix as it's offering it's working with production agencies and production partners you've mm. worked with from the ground up you've worked in production with production partners you've been the client technically at an agency working with production partners to then go and work in media monks work in media all that fitting together because let's be completely honest i've worked and you've worked with really senior people who haven't got a clue like they, they, they're they're at that operations level and they're kind of like okay right what, what do we do here well how, how does this work together can you can you help me here fair enough look you've got a bit of humility and understanding to work with the team but do you, do you think there is that yes being outside of your comfort zone but you're also having the attributes attributes at the basis rather than trying to just um steamroller ahead to try and get to the senior point you've got to do the groundwork to get to there yeah i mean i think um yes uh in short yeah i mean i think that there's that um that insight is definitely you know one of the things that they're they're looking for um the funny enough though i mean one of the things that i think that i lean on more than anything on a day-to-day -day isn't so much the insight component it's it's actually it's actually a change management component it's actually helping teams um pivot and to to understand the directions they're going in and to help them also through um an understanding of change and how you know um how uh, work is going to be impacted you know through new workflows through new technologies that are coming that we're introducing and that's been that's been something that i i wouldn't have been able to do just straight out and out from just an operations background i wouldn't have been able to do that had i not been through some of the more transformative agency experiences through with oliver and certainly with the you know the bmw experience with 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 media monks uh because they were they were out and out change management programs that we were that we were involved in um but then with a creative production sort of thread that went through it so it's it was um it's a very unique set of learnings i think that 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 i'm able to to kind of uh you know deploy here um but also i mean i i when they, when they, when they came in everyone knew that i came from a very strong agency background um that they knew that the agencies that i work for are current clients um uh for netflix um but uh you know it's not as if they are the, the the sort of like the the main purpose of of why i'm there you know they're, they're not the reason why i have conversations with people if anything I, I just don't have conversations about these agency partners because they the um the reality is that uh my focus is on is on the internal team it's on the ftes that we've got here I can certainly advise on how we, you know, can leverage agency partners and things like that. But for the most part, I'm I'm thankful not to not to manage agencies, if I'm honest. Um, and I would actually find it a little bit weird if I were I were to sort of 
pick up the phone every day to people at Oliver or pick up the phone every day to people at Media Monks. It's, um, yeah, I, I think that that that's it's there are other people here that can do that. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. But I've obviously worked with you, and I know I know a little bit about how you work. Do you think one of your key attributes of how you've got to the level of where you are is you don't work in that dictatorial fashion of like this is the way it has to be done? You're all about kind of understanding of what the uh, the problem would be and then working on the solution and laddering up with the people on board because that's obviously a key attribute that I've noticed of you and obviously what I'm understanding of you here is not coming in as the, the bulldozer this is the way it has to be done let's get people to make the decision themselves that's that's key management how do I get that person to the point of where I'd like them to be but okay. we could we could be open to go up in a different avenue because that's the best solution always yeah. being solution based but not having the absolute solution you have to get to yeah, I mean, I think I think keeping people galvanized on what's the problem we're trying to solve, and and that's and that's one of the key differences, right? Is that you've you know here, it, we've we've got a a very very talented group of people that are continually focused on on what they're solving and how they're solving it, and really, um, what was missing, I, I I think that for for the for the team was just a little bit of a glue, just to kind of help. Um, uh, ensure that the focus was in was what was always there that we were always and are always sort of hyper focused on the problem and also how it shifts on a, on a, on a weekly basis um but also I, I think that uh just from a people management perspective my approach has never been to sort of go in and sort of drop in sort of rules and regulations and this is the way that it's 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 got to be because i you know I, I inherently disagree with that approach um but my approach, I think, is also founded upon one thing, which is that I, I don't know everything. <laughs> you know, I really don't know everything. And I'm I'm heavily reliant on the team and the people that I've got around me to help fill in all of the all of the blanks collectively. Um, but if people need just a, you know, that that um that sort of reminder or the pulse check on on the problem they're solving and how we're pulling together. I think that's where I, I definitely um, have found a bit of a sweet spot here, um, particularly as we as we look at how are we innovating more of the the creative production methodology, um, and in that in that regard, opening people's eyes to new ways of working, getting people comfortable to some of the some of the change uh, that's coming up, um, uh, is is something that you know I think all teams need um in in our in our realm because things are changing at breakneck speed right now it's you know it's insane what's going on from what perspective from a netflix competitive perspective or i just, I just think the landscape as a whole I, I mean i think that you know and you're talking to somebody who who went to went to uni shoot and we were shooting on mini dv you know i mean and this was we were shooting on tape and we're now at a place where you know the digital transformation the cliche that is digital transformation has reached such a point where people are genuinely scared, I think about about what does that actually mean for the way that um, jobs their jobs evolve. So it's it's become a very sort of personal space right now, and and keeping entire teams focused on a journey where the the future is so uncertain, and yet the narrative that surrounds that, the swirl that surrounds that, is very much about. Um, and it comes from a place of insecurity, right? Um, and I, I think that, you know, for example, this week we spent a lot of time working with a team on um, 
artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence workflows, looking at how it's going to be potentially augmenting, you know, creative production workflows moving forward, getting some amazing insights, uh, getting insights together. And the challenge there is how do you take something like AI uh, and sit down with people that are, uh, are ultimately going to be challenged? They're, I mean, their jobs as they currently exist are challenged by by what we're discussing. Um, but anchoring that in a point that, you know, if they don't actually master the, the, the change that's coming, if they don't actually master how it's going to improve their workflows and how they can be the the human in the chain that's actually mastering um, uh, that AI, the reality is they probably will lose their jobs, but they won't lose their jobs to, to a machine. They'll lose their jobs to somebody who actually understands it. Um, and that's there a point, that's there a point of that of everyone like it, you, we all have to think that way what's yeah. the next step of having to think that way appreciate there is going to people that don't all think like us and don't all think in that strategic next step way and you have you have to incumbent some of that within any organization which is hard because then you're like well, where, where do you fit retrospectively and then an organization the size of netflix is only going to become more and more complicated as it goes on and the, the whole landscape as we talk about it becomes even more competitive i think i don't watch that much tv like i'm not I don't watch that much Netflix, James. I'm not your biggest customer. But it's kind of like there's a point of every time I do go on, I see a new one advertised. Par Paramount Plus is something that's come on. Um, I was speaking with, um, who was it the other day that was telling me they're trying to shape their whole new landscape and go against Netflix. I can't, I can't remember. But there's a lot of companies out there that are seeing their future going against Netflix. So it's going to be interesting where Netflix is going to be in five years because during COVID, Everyone was talking about Netflix or winning all the awards. It's going to be really interesting to see where you guys will be in five years' time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the challenge is there, um, and it's um, there's there's a lot, obviously a lot of noise. There's a lot of competition. Our competition, it really, you know, there's a lot of talk around the Disney Pluses. There's a lot of talk around HBOs, um, but the reality is they don't make any money doing it. Um, and how long can they actually sustain that division of the business when they're losing literally hundreds of millions every quarter? So they've, they're, they're, I think they're on a, they're on a, a little bit of a journey themselves where they've just got to be able to find some balance at the end of the day, and that'll be shareholders demanding the balance. Um, I think that what Netflix has done brilliantly, um, and it showed it through COVID, because you know what. What happened during COVID was the, the world got locked down, but Netflix still produced some of the best content the world has ever seen, you know, and that, and that is just, we, we wouldn't have a business um, that we have now uh, if that wasn't for, you know, the ingenuity, the creativity, the passion, all of the stuff that allowed us to actually still go out and produce. Um, so I, you know, I, I didn't see many other, many other organizations, you know, dealing with with that level of, of challenge with in the way that we did um i think what's also going to be interesting is is outside of your disney's and your hbo's um is your local players you know you, we've got we've got huge amounts of of content that resonates globally um do people always want global stories they want you know local stories they want content that actually speaks to them from you know they're they're part of the world, and I think there'll be there'll be smaller players that that sort of you know um, are able to speak to that 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 need uh, from a um, uh, from an entertainment perspective. 
um, primarily because they've got such an acute um, local lens. Um, so that'll be that'll be something that we that we look at. But you know what we've we've introduced gaming we've and we're nowhere near really accelerating what that can do for us um uh we've obviously introduced an ads an ads platform which is going to allow us to um diversify the the membership mix uh even more um i'm sure that there are other things on the horizon as well which is again just continually evolving that that member experience and um i just don't think the likes of disney and hbo can keep up with us to be honest that's really interesting to hear. And, and it is that getting the offshoot, knowing it. Obviously, Netflix has done it from the ground up. It's worked its way to that position. So it's going to be interesting. But I think that's also an interesting point because I saw that about gaming. There's a lot of that going on in the media at the moment, how Netflix is taking that uh, transition into the gaming sector. It's not going to be seen as its area of expertise, but it's kind of starting again. It's probably a blueprint that Netflix, of how it started from the ground up, of everything it's done, can be retrofitted into the new area of gaming. Because I've got a couple of clients that work within the gaming sector at the moment, and that's a completely untapped resource, not only from a content, but also from an advertising perspective at all. There's a lot of briefs going into that area that are kind of misconstrued because that's the old way of advertising. Gamers, content creators, as they call them in the communities, don't want to be advertised to. None of us do. They really yeah. don't. And they'll detach away from your brand. So it's this whole kind of evolving piece and staying staying on the front foot that could there be an interesting opening for Netflix as well? Could Netflix yeah. become the advertiser? Who knows? Yeah. Um, Who knows? Who knows? I mean, it's uh, it, it's continually evolving, right? I mean, it, it was about a about a year ago. Um, you know, Netflix was very very public when it said that it wouldn't it wouldn't introduce an ads an ad subscription model, um, an ad supported subscription model, and then you know one year later it's they rolled it out in six months. You know, it's just at breakneck speed. So everything's changing, right? So who knows what the, what the future is going to bring. Maybe Elon Musk will buy them and then see what happens. <laughs> Let's hope not. But look, uh, Jimmy, the main question is, uh, well, not the main question, but it's quite an interesting one. I'd like to wrap up this little podcast. Sure. If you could go back in time and speak to James Tracy coming into the industry, um, making that decision of wanting to go on production journey of how you were there, what would be the one little bit of advice you would give to him? Um, I guess there's, there'd be advice on a couple of levels so on a on a on a you know on a on a personal level if you like i mean i would i would say don't be so hard on yourself i think i was i was i was really tough on myself when i was um coming into the industry i think that the pressure and the that i put on myself that i that i thought was the way to kind of self motivate to you know get me to a point where i where i was going it came from a place that was i think quite negative so I would just say it gets better. Just trust it gets better, um, and give yourself a break. <laughs> uh, and then, and then the, from a professional perspective, I, I would, I would definitely say, um, don't put too much faith in in what people promise you. Um, you know, don't get too sidetracked by other people's dreams because you know it's it's very easy that um, that you end up basically on a path where what you're doing is actually supporting the dreams of somebody else. And I think that um understanding that time and energy are finite and this is something that i say to my team on a daily basis time and energy it's so finite you've got to be really really selective about where you where you put your time how you exert your energy and then um just make sure that it's focused on 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 you know 
interesting things in life that fulfill you, um, not fulfill other people's lives. That'd be it. No, that, that and and if you're going to procrastinate, procrastinate on some more interesting problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not just going into yeah, not just going into your Facebook on your phone. Yeah, um, exactly. Nice one. All right, cheers, Jamie. Really appreciate it. Been joy talking to you. Likewise, man. Likewise. Always a pleasure. Thank you.